FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Sunday Mass readings, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode eight, amigos. And happy Easter. Happy Happy Easter. Easter. He is arisen. And Divine Mercy Sunday coming up. Oh my goodness. It's It's a fun time in the church now. Yeah, It is. It is. Just a lot of celebrations. I get a lot of calls this time of the year to celebrate the Divine Mercy Sunday Masses. And um, I, I look forward to them. Every time. It's really beautiful. It is isn't a beautiful, it? beautiful mass, beautiful celebration. And if you have the opportunity, check out in your parishes if you have a Divine Mercy Sunday mass, um, three o'clock prayers as well. Um, certainly worth worth visiting. I mean, this is not, um, there is normal mass in every parish, but there's a three o'clock Divine Mercy um, mass, which is, which is beautiful. So um, we're here <laughs> um, discussing. We've just had a long discussion. Before we go into our podcast, we always prepare. We have a lot of study. A lot of us have put in. But this episode, I think we put in more study, uh, at least. With, with less, less results. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard one. It is really, really hard. Now, I, I mean, we were I, all texting each other in the lead up. What yeah. do you have? Yeah. What do you? Have? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and but uh, anyway, we we have some beautiful insights. But before we do that, question I'm going to ask you: What is your ideal holiday? If you could have anything, you had infinite amount of money, infinite an amount of opportunity. The doors were open. There's no quarantine. You could do whatever you want, and you had, let's say, five days, and you could do this and be instantly there, so you don't need to have all that travel time. What would your ideal holiday be that's a very mean time frame to give <laughs> yeah. such a well-funded yeah. dream holiday oh you can have 10 days but say Whoa. yeah <laughs> or 20 look i can't go past italy, italy sorry so you'd like i'm it. very italian i love you'd food. go to and love where would you italian go in italy food but I also like relaxing holidays that's really hard like yeah. i wouldn't want to be go 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 and i love the churches in italy as well so yeah wake up Church. It's really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and then go back home. <laughs> food. <laughs> Sitting by myself and reading. Um, in the sun. Surrounded the by Tuscan people talking. Massage. Oh, gosh. <laughs> really nice dinner. And then going to bed early. Oh, very nice. That would be ideal for me. Wow. I feel like I'd bump into you in <laughs> We studied Italian together like I 12 know. years ago. And I feel like there's just something in me that really connects with the language and the culture and the passion and the art and the architecture. And I went to Italy by myself for 10 days, got very lost every day, but I just loved wandering the streets and boycotting all the like um, typical locations and finding, you know, what felt like real hidden gems. But I've always wanted to go to Cappadocia. Cappadocia. Is that the the hot air balloon place in Turkey? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the hot air. That would be cool. Yeah. As As if I didn't say Israel. Yeah, Israel, nice holiday. That's really nice too. That's speaking of pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, yeah. We're going on a pilgrimage in October. Um, Places might be filling very, very fast. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, go to um, frgministry.com forward slash pilgrimage. My ideal holiday is so different to yours. I wouldn't go to Europe because I was brought up in Europe. Yeah. I think my, first of all... I think I I can guess it. but But people would hate it. Some people hate it. But I would go on a cruise 
by some beaches. So uh, let me explain. I would go on a cruise because I don't want to pack and unpack, and I like seeing different things. It's not the actual cruise. It's just that I can stay in a nice, in a, in a nice, nice hotel room, so to speak. And but uh, probably around like Southeast Asia, go around. You're like, gonna say Asia. Yeah, I I love Asia. I don't know what it is. Like I just relax the immediately food? there. It's bursting the with food, culture and history. And it's just and so foreign to everything. Yeah. Like that. Uh, the minute I'm there, I just feel like uh, I'm on a different planet. Well, can and I have I an extra relax. 10 days and I'll go to Southeast Asia as well? Yes. <laughs> I think I just, I just have a, like I went, for the fir- I went for the first time to Southeast Asia a few years ago and I've just, anyway. But let's talk about the podcast today. <laughs> today we were we talking. Just, last we're week was all about traveling and yeah. passports <laughs> into heaven and now we're like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Passports in our earthly. Yes, <laughs> we're at. that's right. But let's go to this, our, our beautiful sponsors, um, Encounter Courses. Encounter by FRG Ministry presents our online subscription package. As a member, you will receive digital on-demand access to Encounter's growing library of online courses. Encounter and Encounter Youth online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. Current titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Introduction to the Bible, The Mass, and more, with new courses being added regularly. All Encounter courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and wallpapers. These courses are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. All Encounter Youth courses include teaching videos, interactive student and teacher PDFs with lesson plans and guided prayer and reflection. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to www.encountercourses.com slash subscription. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Encounter Courses. So we're going to read from the book, the letter. Is it a letter, a book? It's not a letter, it's the book. Book, book of Revelations, which is also known as the, the book of Apocalypse. And it is chapter 1, verses 9 to 13 and 17 to 19. For those of you going to Mass, hopefully everyone here on Sunday, this will be the second reading. My name is John and... Through our union in Jesus, I am your brother and share your sufferings, your kingdom, and all you endure. I was on the island of Patmos for having preached God's word and witnessed for Jesus. I was, it was the Lord's day, and the Spirit possessed me, and I heard a voice behind me, shouting like a trumpet, Write down all that you see in a book. I turned around to see who had spoken to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands surrounded by them, a figure like a son of man, dressed in a long robe tied at the waist with a golden girdle. When I saw him, I fell in a dead faint at his feet. But he touched me with his right hand and said, Do not be afraid. It is I, the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now I am to live forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and of the underworld. Now write down all that you see of present happenings and things that are still to come. 
Now, in some translations of that, um, one of the verses, it says, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. Mm. So basically the writer of Revelation, John, he's, he's experiencing this mystical vision of the risen Jesus. And Jesus is saying to him, write down all that you're seeing about this. I want you to write down messages about what's happening um, in these seven churches and then what's going to come next. That's mm. basically the general gist of Revelation. And so we're going to have Revelation in a few of our episodes in the upcoming weeks. Um, but yeah, this message that John was instructed to write down from Jesus to the seven churches, that's kind of a representation of the entire church. And if you think about how the Bible was written as well, like you have the Old Testament of the, the promise of, of Christ, then you have Jesus coming um, through the Gospels, and then you have the letters of how to interpret basically the life of Jesus. And then now the book of Revelation, out of nowhere comes this sort of heavenly minded book which is all about hey um if you live out these this way if you live out like the letters are saying you get to experience this mm. so it's about this is a heavenly minded it's it, it, the whole book is about touching heaven and changing earth it's all wow. about grabbing what there is in heaven to earth and this is why many people find it so complicated because it is so transcendent it's so so much all about symbolism and everything that there that is symbolized over there like there's nothing even a lampstand for example what does a lampstand mean but everything has a symbol you know like the, the crown the the robe he's wearing a white robe with a gold why is it a gold cincher you know and the, the, the everything has a symbol everything has a meaning and that sometimes not even the person who experienced it, John, in this case, may have understood what all of this means. I don't know if I know of all of the symbols, but we can talk a little bit about some of the symbols that, that we experience here. I can tell you one of them. The lampstand is a symbol for the church. And so, yeah, the disciples, we're meant to be the, the light of the world. And a lamp, it shouldn't be set on a lampstand where it gives light to... Um, so no, sorry. It shouldn't be. What's the what's the scripture? Does someone don't, don't, don't put it under. A don't put bushel. it. Yes, it needs to be Basket. on a like, hill, right? Like giving so light. So the to church everyone. needs to shine. Yes, use its talents. Yeah, mm. because yeah, exactly. But it's in, in, there are three times in the Old Testament that a lampstand is is um, used. The first time it's a, a candle in a tabernacle. So it's a lampstand in a tabernacle. So that's where it all starts. The church needs to pray, needs to spend time with Jesus in the presence of God. The second time is in the temple. In the temple is the place where sacrifice is offered, a place where we worship together, community. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is in, in Zechariah, the experience of God, the, the um, uh, understand, him seeing this light that was lighting up his room, his and so again, the church is called to bring light to the world after spending time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And now there are seven churches. <laughs> Justine, I'm looking at you. I, I mean, I am enjoying just, listening to you all. Because I'm hoping not confusing I, I represent all those, all those who were confused reading this say I. Well, so. I as well. Like I was really. It's, Which if no, you are tuning easy. in, you are a step ahead going into Sunday Mass this weekend because I'm sure there would be a lot of people who are ask, baffled. Ask your priest to preach on this one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> set him a challenge. No, but I think it's really important that we kind of preface, you might listen to this podcast and think that we have all the answers and we don't. Yeah. Oh. Like we're still learning. Like I, I learn things every each and every time I prepare for an episode. So um, look, I'm just going to be real and yeah, we all struggled with this one. But, uh, <laughs> but how amazing it is that... Um, John, let's uh, talk about John. John is the author, um, 
of, of the book of Revelation. Now, he's in exile. He's in an, on an island called Patmos, which was basically all the people who were, were outcasts. It's like it was Australia, which became a, an island of convicts, you know, where people who committed a crime under the British Empire were sent to Australia. So uh, it was the same thing in Israel when people committed a crime or they were a heretic or whatever, they wanted to purify the nation. They sent them to these islands like Patmos. And so he would have been like his entire life trying to evangelize people, trying to teach people about Jesus. And all of a sudden he's exiled to this place where he has no contact with all of the work he had done, with all of the impact he was making. And so he has, he's, uh, may have been in, in despair and and all of a sudden he gets this, wow, this en- mystical experience, this encounter, this heavenly experience of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't imagine how encouraging it would have been for yeah, him. Yeah, and I think for him as well, like, I think if I was to be in exile, like, I'd be very, I w- I'd think very inwardly. Like, I would be, oh my gosh, what, you know, why is this happening to me? How am I going to get myself out of this situation? And the fact that he received this message, not only, um, like, as a revelation to himself, but as a message for the entire church, like I think that's a pretty awesome thing. Like sometimes when we're in moments of exile, it doesn't necessarily mean to be like we're feeling, you know, really far away from whatever's going on. Do we look inward or do we look outward? Like I feel like that's maybe a little point we can get out of this. And outward to, to heaven, outward towards God, you know, who do we turn to? Like, uh, I don't know, we, yesterday we were talking about pu- purity um, last uh, in last episode. And uh, one of the things that uh, this world has has turns to when we're in despair, we're in isolation. For example, I don't know, the porn industry has just literally like grown out of proportion during <coughs> during time of isolation. Why? Because people instead of turning to God when they are cornered, they turn to themselves. They turn to the the illusion of intimacy rather than a God who is true intimacy. And so uh, this is. I think we miss out on so much of heaven when we turn to ourselves. I, I just can't, I can't imagine how many experiences of God touching heaven, changing earth moments we've missed out because we've turned to ourselves rather t- than to God. In an argument, we we t- we in, when we're isolated or, or frustrated, we we turn to ourselves. We turn to our own frustrations. We turn to our own addictions. We turn to our shopping online, Amazon, or whatever it is. You know, uh, how many th- opportunities we miss for divine revelation when we turn to ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you feeling, Justine? Look, I'm feeling great. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's me who's lost for words. <laughs> well, they have silenced the crazy Maltese. But, um, but uh, give us your comments about, like, read this scripture. Tell us what you um, get out of this, what you have got out of the scripture verse. It is, it is about revelation. It's about being heavenly minded. It's about experiencing these, these seven churches. Like in his despair, he has experienced these seven churches. He knows because he's seen heaven. And when you see heaven, it's not, it's not a knowledge. You know that you know. You've seen heaven. I've seen it. And no one can convince me otherwise that he has seen that the seven churches, the world is going to bow to Jesus, that Jesus' resurrection, he has seen that not only that Jesus died, because he would have witnessed Jesus dying, he would have witnessed Jesus ascending into heaven, but now he's seeing the third part. He's seeing Jesus in heaven. He hadn't until that moment seen Jesus in heaven. So can you imagine the affirmation he has in that dark night of the soul, the consolation that he has received? And again, 
when you are desperate, when you are frustrated, when you are isolated, where are you turning to? Are you turning to prayer? Are you turning to divine revelation? Because you see, I honestly believe that uh, it is in these moments of despair and frustration that um, God reveals himself most clearly to us if we turn to him first. Absolutely. And I think um, you're saying John was feeling this. We've got, we got a little guest here. We've got Cooper. Who's whoever's watching on He's twice the size <laughs> looking the last time we saw face him. and trying to chew through every wire <laughs> in existence. Yes, the zoomies. Do you know what the zoomies the are? Zoomies. What's Zoom- that? At, in the evening, like a dog gets... Oh, <laughs> he wants attention. So it's like full of beans. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a dog we're talking about for those of <laughs> I know. I was just going to say. You said John felt this incredible encouragement um, in his experience of Jesus, but that would also enable him to be able to live in that knowledge of the resurrection. To, to yes, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> but again, look, this is uh, this is so beautiful. Reflect on this scripture. When I was reading it, um, I, I I was really moved by it. It's true. It's difficult to understand. But can you, just the imagery that's used here, so beautiful, even the vestments, the vestments actually that are described is an alb and, and a cincher that we wear, a, gold, a white alb and a, and a golden cincher, which a lot of the vestments that are mentioned in the book of Revelation um, are the vestments that the priest wears. Now, um, it, it, uh, just the symbolism there as well that we get um, when experiencing this love of God. And as we, Divine Mercy Sunday, again, this is, we celebrate Sister Faustina, who also had this divine revelation in a moment of despair and experienced this love of God, this encounter of God, this image of Jesus, we trust in you. And that has impacted the world as well. And how do we know that a divine experience is of God? Always, you measure it by how it's not about you, that it's about impacting the world. And so we're grateful for St. John as well. So um, just we'll have a little word from our ministry partners. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. It's time for the reality check of the week. So we are currently in the season of Easter. Um, A few episodes ago, we had a an episode entitled The Cross, dot, 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 so what? And we thought we'd follow that up a couple of weeks later with The Resurrection, dot, 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 so what? What does it actually mean in real life today? If there was no resurrection, we are wasting our time. There's this mm-hmm. this movie which was called, I think, Bones or The Bones of Christ, something like that. Uh, basically, what it is, uh, and this is a bit gruesome, um, uh, not gruesome, but just uh, anyway, to, uh, um, baby ears, close your ears. But um, it's a story about um, priests and about, about um, faith. Where basically, the uh, excavators or whatever, they find the bones of Jesus. Now, this is, uh, of course, fiction. Fictional, yeah. But they find the bones of Jesus. And the movie is all about the effects of that, the ramifications of that. So the whole Vatican goes into crisis, you know. So there wasn't a resurrection. So he, 
and his bones are there. There are priests literally committing suicide. Mm. They're just they're they're wasting their time. Like they're saying, why? What did I waste my life for? What did I? And so, but even though it's gruesome, it's horrible, and it's a like, but it shows. Imagine that's how powerful the resurrection mm-hmm. is. That without it, the church has no purpose. The church has no way forward. The church has no message because Jesus died. And if he didn't rise again, then he's no longer alive. Mm. So I think that's the first and foremost thing, that Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, we have a purpose and a reason to still be alive as a church. Yeah. Mm. It changes everything. Absolutely. It changes everything. And I I realize like I don't actually reflect enough on the resurrection. I reflect on the love of Jesus that I've come to encounter and how immeasurable that is. But Easter is nothing without the resurrection. Exactly. Like, and that's why there's that big wait, you know, after Good Friday, you know, you were waiting, will he rise? Like, yes, he will rise and he does rise. And that matters. That changes everything. And it didn't just change everything 2,000 years ago for someone else. It changes everything for me, for you listening today. Like, even even if you're someone who doesn't really know about this Jesus guy, or even if you know everything about this Jesus guy, it changes everything for you now. Because why? It opens up eternity for us. The door, yes. metaphoric door to eternity was closed and now it's open. We have a future beyond what we know and see now. There is a future for us and that changes everything. Yeah, I might jump in and say, because he is, has resurrected, he's alive. And that actually means we can have a a relationship. relationship with him yes. exactly yeah. otherwise we couldn't who yeah. we're we gonna have a relationship with you know yeah. a, a memory so the fact that but also another great thing about the resurrection is because jesus rose from the dead we uh, and is in heaven we can experience heaven too mm-hmm. without the resurrection we there's we cannot get into heaven so the gates of heaven were closed to us as we talked about that in easter that because of our sin, the doors were closed. With Joe Melendres, we talked about this in, in the episode, the doors were absolutely closed, but and then now they are open. They're wide open because we were able to, because Jesus opened the doors to heaven. There's a, in, 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 I alluded to this last week um, about when in our creed, and people often ask about this. They say, uh, we say, we say, and he descended into hell and on the third day rose again from the dead. Why would Jesus have descended into hell? To pick up all the people who were waiting for the doors of heaven to be opened through Jesus. Yes, because before, <laughs> before even th- those people who <laughs> sort of lived for Jesus, lived for God, lived faithfully for God, they couldn't go to heaven. And they, like, they, they couldn't just even think about the transfiguration, that moment as well. I often think about that. You know, you have Elijah and Moses. That was the first taste of heaven they had. Now, they died 2,000 years before that, mm. but they hadn't experienced heaven until that moment of transfiguration. They experienced the, the face-to-face encounter with God. Mm-hmm. And so they were waiting they, until, the, if you take time and space into account, for Jesus to open the gate. So they were so excited and they would have had that moment of, wow, this is so amazing. We're experiencing heaven now. We're experiencing Jesus now. And this is so exciting. Just in a few months, years, we're going to experience you forever. Because they hadn't experienced it yet. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus descended into hell through his death, broke the chains of hell, flooded the the, the pathways and and got, got people into heaven. 
And that is the beauty of the resurrection. That's it. That death no longer has the final say. Mm-hmm. That our sin no longer has the final say. God has the final say. Exactly. And I think that changes, as we've been saying, it changes everything, like to just sit with the reality of that. And that means if we are to repent before the Lord, to change our ways, to turn away from our life of sin, that there is now a second chance. And I was at the hairdressers the other day mm. and I asked my hairdresser, Alana, shout out to Alana. Hey, Alana. <laughs> <laughs> On my annual visit to the hairdresser. Like, <laughs> what, annual visit. what does the resurrection mean to you? And I just thought it was so beautiful. She said the resurrection means that we all have a second chance now, that there is wow. hope. That no matter how far you have strayed from God, no matter how far you feel from God, no matter how unworthy you feel from God, and maybe that's you listening right now, no matter how unworthy you feel, that there is always a second chance. And then she reminded me of the thief on the cross to the, I can't remember which direction of Jesus, but doesn't specify. Talk, talk about it's never too late. Yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. next to Christ who is about to die, this thief who, who was in a life of sin, recognizes Jesus as the Messiah and says, remember me. And Jesus says, surely, you know, mm. I will remember you. It's never too late. The resurrection means we always, we, we have hope and we have a second chance. And we have the eternal banquet for us. And I think this is significant, the banquet, the, e- the in eating together, the meal. And this is, uh, again, uh, uh, sort of the, the Eucharist uh, uh, symbolizes the, the Babette's feast, sort of the, the big eternal banquet. And so we eat to have, we experience heaven here on earth, the resurrection here on earth through the Eucharist, the same meal which we're going to celebrate um, in, in heaven. But the question I, I always put is that so many of us miss out on the banquet because we're so distracted by the lollies, we're so distracted by the sweets, by the candy. And, uh, and that is sin, you see? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can, we can miss out on heaven. It's not automatic. Just because Jesus went into heaven and rose from the dead doesn't mean that we are going to share in the resurrection. We have to embrace the resurrection. We have to choose the banquet over the, the, this, the, the getting our hearts and our minds and our bodies filled with, with things that, that don't satisfy us, that don't give us nutrients, that don't give us the strength. So the resurrection needs to be embraced as well. It's not just about the resurrection. It's about, okay, uh, what, uh, what is the resurrection? How is the resurrection impacting my life today? I think that's a good question. Like, how do we live it every day? Like, so if it is this profound and if it is this true, which I believe it to be so, like, how do we actually live it out? Whatever day of the week it is, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, how do I live it today at 4 p.m. in the afternoon or, you know? How do we live out the resurrection? What does that look like for us? It's living out your baptism, isn't it? It's yeah. like choosing to follow Christ, to live in relationship with Christ. Yeah. Because I can. it's not about knowing about God, it's about yeah. knowing mm-hmm. God, uh, the resurrected Christ. Yeah. And many of us live and serve the buried Christ. And we're there, and we're just, we're just there sitting with God. And that's great, but you're not going to find strength there you find strength in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of living in relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, again, uh, this is why the good thief uh, went into heaven, because he lived in, uh, in um, relationship. He didn't live in award or in, in thinking that, oh, okay, um, in hope that he would go to heaven. He did something about it. Yeah. They cried out for mercy. Yeah. And I think that the way we can live it every day is I'm just reminded of that scripture from Matthew 6, don't do not store up for yourselves tre- treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasure in treasures in heaven. And you know, you're not going to store up with, like the treasures treasures of eternity are not materialistic. Mm-hmm. Like 
money um, or I don't know, your own success. That stuff doesn't have a currency in heaven. Mm. But the treasures of heaven, what are they? They are humility. They are generosity. They are love. Like they are bringing glory to God, to the people in your life today. How much did... How much can I love the people around me? Who can I be generous with to bring glory to God? Not to make myself feel better about myself, not to secure a place in heaven for myself, but because I love God so much that he's changed my life that I want to give that out. That's what living out the resurrection every day means. That's what building the treasures in heaven now today mean as well. Yes, and it's sort of, and there's Micah 6, 8, you know, that, uh, that's famous scripture verse. Um, walk uh, walk humbly it? with our God. He says, "Oh, well, how, how do I live a life that is good? Um, what does it require?" Um, I'm just trying to find a good translation. It's like I, I googled it, and now I have like 50 translations. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the the song. Yeah, he said, "Act yes. with justice, to, to love, love tenderly." So what's to good? Walk to humbly exactly. With <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what does the Lord require? He requires mm. this: um, to act justly, to love tenderly, and to walk humbly with God. And so that, that's the requirement. That's how you live out the re- resurrection. And you might already impossible. be living it out. Yes. Like mm-hmm. that you might be like, sweet, I'm on the right track. I love you, Lord. Yes. Um, but that's also a good reminder um, for me as well. Just this is the recipe. It's, it's actually not that difficult. It's not that complicated, really. Mm. Um, if, if we understand the power of the... It's not that complicated because of the resurrection. Imagine yeah, living yeah. without relationship with God. That would be so... Think back to the morbid mm. movie that you referenced <laughs> at the start of this. Yes. <laughs> but it's like... I know that was... A, sorry, it's a, it was a brutal movie. But at the same time, just seeing the effects, it made me think like if there was no resurrection... My goodness, I, 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 you, all of us are wasting our time. Absolutely. But we have experienced the resurrection through our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing that can convince me that the resurrection isn't, didn't happen because I experienced, I've seen, I've, I've related. It, the resurrection changed my life and changed it forever. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for um, praying with us. Um, and for listening to us and bearing with us and trying to explore this scripture I encourage you to look through this scripture verse yourself Revelations 1 chapters um, chapter 1 verses 9 to 13 and 17 to 19 reflect on it think about it and leave us your comments about things that stood out for you in this scripture verse make sure you connect with us on social media at Catholic Influences underscore Catholic Influences on Facebook Catholic Influences on Twitter Everything about our podcast you can find at our website www.frgministry.com forward slash podcast youtube.com forward slash frjministry and also keep your eyes peeled. We are currently working on a very special event happening in July called the Catholic Influences Summit. Check everything out about that at www.catholicinfluencessummit.org.